I think that's a fair response, Costa. And if she says you were yelling at her, that's... Welcome, everyone, to Cafe Bullions for another fun food episode with friends Susanna, John, and Costa. I am, of course, um, Alex. How are you all doing? That's great. Um, starting things off today with a new news announcement that... Well, there is something going on. Um... There's some noise going on in Adelaide. There's some noise going on in Adelaide. The giant fan outside all of your window right now. <laughs> um, Mighty Kingdom working on um, a new game that literally we found via LinkedIn. Um, it's uh, Carnifex, Carnifex um, which is a Australian horror thriller which is currently in post-production. Um, yeah, so MK will be doing a tie-in movie to the horror slash thriller, which is a change of pace for them, really, um, I think. I don't think they've Wait, done it. So, sorry, they're doing a tie-in movie or they're doing a tie-in to the movie? Uh, they're doing a tie-in game to the oh, movie. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah. yeah, a game based on the Australian horror thriller, which is currently in post-production. Um, and, yeah, so what you know i could find of it online is um basically saying that a film company has acquired the international rights excluding Ooh. australia and new zealand to the australian horror thriller carnifex um so it's from the producers of wolf creek 2 um they've just done f- finished yeah done finished their um adelaide shoot um so yeah i also had to google what a carnifex is and it's uh a big marsupial lion. So this is very mm. Australian. Oh, that's Ooh, cool. That I love cool. it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, you Google image it and it's just a lot of skeleton. Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it kind of looks like a, yeah, it looks like an Australian lion. Like, you know, like if American, yeah. I was going to say American lion. Uh, I think they're from Africa. Hey, sorry, how's it spelled? I searched Carnifex and it came up with a metal band. Yeah, so I think that's happened to me as well. I'm pretty sure there's a metal band called Kind. Oh, okay, cool. Inspired by the Australian marsupial. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it says here it's about two. Conf- uh, it's about an aspiring documentarian and two conservationists who venture into the outback to record animals displaced by bushfires, where they discover a terrifying new species. Mm. I wonder Whoa, if that it's got species Oscar is the Carnifex. Yeah. <laughs> Man, seeing some of these pictures of the Carnifex, the oh. supposedly real one. It's like a combination between a tiger and a koala and a wombat, but with like huge biceps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you did exactly what I did, Alex. Yeah, you. I was about and to I saw, say. And I saw Oscar Isaac. I was like, Oscar Isaac. And then I realized I was talking about another movie uh, they, called Big Gold Brick. <laughs> they got us, Costa. Yeah, I know. We are exactly their audience and you had to get us. <laughs> Well, you, you win you this round know, screen my, daily. Mighty Kingdom's version might have Oscar Isaac in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you play as the uh, the Carnifex? As the Carnifex. Playing the Solitaire game. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm sure it won't be a Solitaire game. Oh, well, it's just DLC for Ava's Mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carnifex. <laughs> the Carnifex kind of looks like... Uh, a video game hero, though, like super buff, like yeah. <laughs> legit out of proportion, but like you know, you're gonna kick us, so you know you're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it 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 looks like a um like over exaggerated like sports mascot, and you're like they've <laughs> never seen a, a tiger before, and then you look at it, you're like oh, that's what it is. What an interesting uh, 
setting like Australia recovering from bushfires and then kind of it, it like it's a you know as as uh, as bad as horror movie plots usually are or like not not bad but like stereotypical like it's it's pretty decent the way that they've tied in this whole uh, you know Australian bushfire angle and kind of documentary like a documentary filmmaker going in and I yeah. think it sounds pretty cool. That's and like cool. the Australian outback, like that's a good setting for horror. Like it's scary mm. yeah. AF. <laughs> yeah, scary enough. Well, that's probably why. So they got the Wolf Creek producer, was it, or someone who was on Wolf Creek? Um, I think horror thriller kind effects from the producers of Wolf Creek too. Yeah. yeah. So Is I it- feel like they would be some of the best people for doing like outback horror. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to take kind of like a um, gameplay of. Uh, what was that game that came out? The horror one where you're in the mental asylum and you've got the camera. Oh, Outlast. Outlast. I wonder if it's going to take that kind I of I've made so many people watch me play that. That game yeah. is terrifying. <laughs> like that in the outback. That's what I'm imagining. It's, it's a, I have to give a shout out to my friend. If you ever listen to this episode, I'm so sorry, man. Uh, we were playing at his place and uh, with all our basketball friends. And uh, it was like... I don't know, 11 at night or something and his parents had gone to bed. Uh, mind you, we were about, you know, 22 at the time and uh, we got to a scary bit and he, he screamed so loud he woke up his parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't think I've played this game. I don't think I've even heard of it. It's, a, it's an awesome game. It's a very yeah, cool game. It's like, yeah, check it out. Don't play it near bedtime. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the, the whole scary part of that is that you don't have any guns or anything. All you've yeah. got is this one like uh, camera uh, mm. with night vision on it, but night vision uses battery. So you can only use night vision for a limited amount of time. Mm. You have to like collect more batteries. So it's kind of, Super you have to be resourceful with your night vision um, and there's things lurking in the dark around all the corners and everything as well. It's basically it's almost a away. plot for Toy Story 2. You have to collect batteries. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you sure it's not Toy Story 2, John, you're thinking of? Maybe. It might be. <laughs> maybe maybe if like Buzz was out to kill you and like, you were locked in a mental asylum. In the Australian outback. You know. yeah. <laughs> it's Toy Story 2, Zerg would be after you. Yeah, and you'd be That's actually good. <laughs> I like that character. Anyway, so yeah. Um, um, so. Did you guys ever see The Babadook? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Everyone great. in Adelaide in the film industry worked on that movie. <laughs> so wow. yeah, yeah. Because the Adelaide film industry is so tiny. You know, the YouTubers Raka Raka, mm. they did film school with my mate and they were like runners on the set. They were dra- This is before, I think they were starting off Raka Raka, but Adelaide's film thing is so tiny that they just got everyone who's done anything in film to just work on this movie. That was it a huge hit really though, well. as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it did. Mm. So um, just an idea if, if you're listening, MK, you know, if you can secure some extra cameos or anything. Yeah. Some uh, local IP right there. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. true. Has there been much in the way of Australian, like, Horror stuff, like you yeah. know, horror is an Australian. Yeah, but ones that like use the yeah. Australian location, like the environment, or mm. like, there hasn't, uh, right? It seems like a pretty new. There was that RPG, that um, Cooler Cthulhu book, the, the um, expansion Terra Australis. It's okay. like, <laughs> but yeah, I can't think no. of anything like environmental. I was just. I was just thinking like directors and I know James Wan obviously is like huge. Uh, he's, he's Aussie. I'm pretty sure maybe I'm like, I don't want to mix this up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure James Wan is 
Aussie. No, he's, no he's Malaysian. Oh, Malaysian Australian. Um, and he's done a lot of the Saw <laughs> stuff, uh, Insidious, everything. So. Um, I don't know if this counts, but when you were talking about that, it was just bringing me back to my childhood watching shows like Parallax and like Parallax. the ABC Kids. Um, Which one's that? <laughs> yeah, what's that? That one, Parallax. There's uh, this guy from the present day, I think, and there's a girl, f- I think, from the future, and they have these kind of sci-fi remote controls which open portals. Oh, Parallax. And they're running away from these insect demon monsters, and they go through portals. Um, it's not really a horror, but it was kind of like scary as a kid. Sure, it's not and, sliders. Uh, <laughs> Australian so sliders. sliders. <laughs> there there was one called. Did you ever watch um, Spellbinder? That, I'm on the IMDb Australian sci-fi shows, and that's the first one that came up. Yeah, it's so. pretty similar, I think. Sure, you're not like thinking of Plasmo. <laughs> you remember Plasmo? No. It was that weird, depressed claymation. <laughs> Like, uh, like, and that's not kid. even me. Like, generalizing. Like, type in plasmo, and that w- it was like this ABC Kids, nineties. <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! You're so sad. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I've seen that. That was that was like a horror. They man, just these are the hell all out just like bootleg Star Wars characters <laughs> 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 with the weird, yeah. Yeah, look, that's that's I, yeah, that's heaps of Star Wars character. That one is not. That one does not look appropriate for a television. What was the show? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we both got the same one. Huh? We're just seeing what one that called? can sneak onto kids' TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Moss Eisley Cantina. <laughs> uh, an Australian, another Australian game or well, game set in Australia was Beneath a Still Sky as well. That was. Uh, was that set in Australia? Yeah, the original. Awesome. I don't know about Beyond a Still Sky, but Beneath a Still Sky. Um, says here in Australia the six states and two territories who have been consumed by their respective capital cities are described as city states so yeah it's all set in Australia which is cool so oh here, yeah the larger political context of the game involves a conflict between Union City and the Hobart Corporation <laughs> the Hobart Corporation that's classic was yeah. it made in Hobart <laughs> I don't know actually where it was made it's a British British developer actually so, that's great so like if, if we make one it'll be like in 2050 when adelaide's the capital city of yeah. australia <laughs> yeah and all other states have been wiped out yeah it's adelaide versus the gene of reinhardt corporation <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. well yeah so that's, that'll be cool we'll um yeah, as Palpatine says, Mighty Kingdom, we'll watch your career of great interest. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to be interesting, them doing a horror game. I, I have no idea what to make of that. Like, that's, that's yeah. going to be cool. Do you think that's going to um, be like 3D kind of? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it will depend on, um, I guess, I mean, this is already in development, so I guess they'd already have an idea. But if they liked how, I guess, the development of Conan went, because that was like a, their first, 3D-ish, not 3D, but yes. like their first... First platform game. Platform game, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Which, also the, de- which also the demo is out at the moment. Demo is out. If you want to go, go play it. That. Yeah. We um we might be able to secure some uh, some conversation in their Fortnite. Let's just say that. Maybe. Let's hope. <laughs> but um yeah. So let's change the pace and um, take it over to John. Yeah, sure. Um, We've got a bit more of a serious topic now. I know it's usually fun and games here, but 
Um, this is something that's local news. Um, we're talking about uh, Titan Reach here. Um, now, I just want to start off by saying uh, we discuss this as a Booleans team uh, because because it's quite a tricky story. We wanted to kind of work out, you know, should should we talk about it? What should we say about it? How should we approach it? All that. Um, in the end, we decided that um, because we do cover local news here, we can't really ignore it and ignoring it would be saying something in itself. So here we are talking about it. Um, but I also have to preface this with that um, because this is a fairly serious story with uh, that includes fairly serious accusations and um, unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances, this probably will affect a lot of people in our community, uh, possibly listening as well. So... Um, just for a bit of backstory here, so Titan Reach, um, for what I understand, is a local MMO that started development back in uh, 2019. Uh, it was planning to be, well, very much inspired by RuneScape, uh, but more 3D space, similar to your World of Warcraft kind of thing. Um, their original plans were to end early access end of 2021 um, with the final launch actually was going to be quarter four um, in 2022 this year. Um, they were always kind of struggling a little bit with financing and they ended up going to Kickstarter in October 2020, but unfortunately fell short. But through that, they actually managed to establish a fairly solid community. Um, through then various strategies, uh, they kept the game going until it eventually fell back into a hobbyist state on the back burner. Um, and then in August last year, uh, one of the co-founders announced that unfortunately would no longer be able to continue during uh, due to financial issues. That was sad for the community. Uh, but one month later, they then announced that an anonymous investor had actually agreed to fund the game for the next two years of development um, with no strings attached, which was a, a wild announcement. Um, a lot of people very confused, but also very excited. Um, you know, a lot of questions that come with that, obviously. But, you know, this happened and so they continued development. Um, that was up until, the, I think it was last week or possibly the week before, uh, the news came out that uh, from that same co-founder, that unfortunately the project and the studio, Square Root Studios, were closing their doors for private reasons um, with not much more explanation there. Um, now, in the same post, and this is worth mentioning because it ties into the whole thing, um, the co-founder also then went on to share their plans that they had for the game and very strongly pushed their plans for how they were going to bring NFTs in um, to the game. Now, what happened shortly after this was that co-founder, I think it was in the next 12 hours or so, um, ended up closing down their Discord, their Reddit, their social media accounts, um, and essentially had a social media blackout, which understandably left a lot of people, uh, customers, developers, everyone uh, either angry or confused or just not really knowing what's going on because we've kind of been watching this story as it unfolds. Um, now that this had happened straight after kind of mentioning NFTs, and as you've heard us talk about on the show, there's a lot of sore points with NFTs um, in all sorts of industries. Uh, a lot of people were thinking that possibly this had something to do with uh, maybe funding being cut or you know various other theories. Um, now, because because there was 
you know, a, a message, but then essentially a blackout. And this left people confused. As I said, this resulted in a lot of theories and accusations. Um, now, I have to say, none of us here know what the truth is. Um, some, of us, some of us have investigated this a bit just out of personal curiosity. Um, now, I probably won't share specifics that I've read in comments um, here because I've read... I've read comments made by the that co-founder. I've read counter comments made by people who say that they know him um, and know uh, what was said behind the scenes and all that. Um, who knows what the truth actually is? Uh, but you know, amongst all this, there was uh, a video that came up um, by uh, Kira TV on YouTube, who was one of these people who was following the project quite closely and. Uh, in the video, um, let's say, reveals, um, you know, personal messages, um, certain details about, you know, the investment and everything that was happening around it. Um, I, I can't confirm whether this is true myself, um, but, you know, you can watch the video yourself um, and I guess come to your own conclusions. And I would encourage, you know, if you are interested doing your research from a few different angles and making your own conclusions there. Um, now... I do want to open this up for discussion in a sec, but what I would say to everyone listening is um, it is very easy to get very rolled up about this particular issue because number one, this is a local issue. And you know, if you've been part of the AG Discord, you've seen this co-founder mentioning it and talking about open jobs. Um, you may know people who have worked on the project or you may just be passionate about the local scene. and when you hear these accusations, it makes you quite angry about, you know, what was done or potentially done with the uh, opportunity. Uh, I just want to say, be careful though about jumping to conclusions with any of this um, and especially directly attacking anyone involved with it. Um, as I said, we don't know the specifics here um, and it's really up to the people who are directly involved to take any legal action and such if necessary. So anyway, with all that said, um, big story here uh, attached to a lot of things. We've probably got, you know, ex-developers in our community now. Um, on this show, we discuss these things, I guess, to try and be of help to uh, indie developers and developers here. What are your guys' thoughts? It started like... I followed I, that game came on my radar in 2020 I think it was um, during lockdown and I think they'd announced they'd gotten some stage of funding some amount of funding then and they were super excited and oh I think it was they'd launched no no they already had the discord and the discord and this isn't you know this isn't a small project that the news story has blown it up this is a big project um like it'd been in, I think in development for a while because there was, there's, you know, YouTube reviewers, people playing it and, you know, their idea to make like an, an updated RuneScape basically. Um, like a, yeah, like an update in that style. And it looked real, real fun. Like it, it's, it's definitely not the inclusion of NFTs, you know, towards the end of its life definitely didn't start that way. Cause 2020, you know, no one knows what an nft is in 2020 like this wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't a thing they had a a runescape style game so this is a game that definitely had a lot of love in it um you know uh and then as you mentioned the, you know all the developers involved it's 
it's there was a lot poured into that a lot of people waiting for it um you know their discord which is now gone but if you happen to be in it when you saw the message of them uh saying they're closing it down what the reactions were to that um it's you know it's 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 definitely it's definitely a big thing to take into consideration and you know um everything you said john is spot on about you know you have to remember that there's people this at the end of the day there's developers who um whatever story comes to light in the end of this uh, that if it was right or wrong um there were people who weren't privy to this you know and now are Mm. out of work or um you know stuff like that and i gotta say the allied community has been pretty at least on the public front on the agd discord which is all i can see um pretty respectful you know they shared the story and was just like oh look at this and it wasn't like everyone to kind of pull back i feel i feel like people weren't right like everyone could say especially what you mentioned with the video with kira tv which people definitely did see i was i was pretty happy that no one outright commented really you know like they because they, you know not to say that you know you, you don't want open discussion but people you could just feel that people were very like i don't have all the facts they're very conscious of the fact that you know you know news is i mean kira tv is a, they deal with games so that's you know but traditionally games have never done well in the media so i, I imagine maybe you know there's some pullback on being like well you know how much I think I think anytime anything any media content produces something about games in the news, I think there's always going to be pullback from the develop from other developers to be like, we're going to make up our own mind. Um, I do think, yeah, I think the NFT part is a separate thing because I think current climate and things like that um, that almost stalls the conversation with a lot of developers. Um, there's not room for that to go, so I didn't even see them go after that. You know. Yeah, I mean, as you were saying, and this is something I saw in comments, um, I, I joined one of the discords, which was the Titan Reach Refugees, they called it. Um, and I, apparently, there was several of them around. Um, which is so such a game developer I, thing to call. Yeah, it is. To go to that extreme. <laughs> I saw in there a lot of comments from all sides, um, a lot of anger. I saw some comments from that co-founder who decided to come back and uh, answer some questions. Um you know whether what they're saying is true or not i can't speak to but um one of the big things seems to be i think i think for me two of the big things it seemed to be number one that they shut down the discord server and all communication which makes people very suspicious um however the the co-founder's response was that uh they had basically um accidentally revealed some personal information a couple weeks beforehand um and they were getting you know harassed and so then when they made this announcement, people were basically actively exploiting, uh, doxing them and revealing personal information and you know threatening them and stuff. So they were in a panic, according to them, shut down everything, So, which is understandable. Um, the second thing is that because they decided to use the closing of this <laughs> and the studio as an announcement of how cool the NFTs were going to be, um, it put that real kind of suspicious spin on it that you know, all of a sudden they're excited about NFTs when that was never meant to be part of the game. A game that people had invested in in Kickstarter and uh, pre-purchases throughout and then all of a sudden they've changed the game so it's going to include NFTs. Now, the co-founder was talking about possibly, you know, refunding 
stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it was never really, let's say, a consensual decision by the community. So I think there was a lot of um, anger about that as well. Yeah, I think there was just so much that went on in like, and, and these events all happened kind of very quickly that everyone is a bit confused as to what happened, but then also is conflating, you know, certain, uh, th you know, they're thinking that, say, the NFTs are at fault or, you know, whatever the motivation, you don't know what the motivation is for any of these decisions that got made. Um, and and at the end of the day, like, I think it's what we take away from, from something like this, um, you know, games games are hard uh mmos are even harder than that do you know what i mean to to try to attempt that um you know as a as a first game as a studio like that's a huge task um and it just shows like you mentioned how many times they've kind of gone for funding and not received funding and then you know gone for and to, to go on and on like that is like there's a lot of pressure I'm not defending anyone or, you know, not just, just thinking of it from looking at it at a, you know, a holistic view and looking at it from what, what can we take away from it? But I think that's a, a key part of it is just how, how difficult games are. And, you know, as much success as we hear in the industry of projects that, that go right and they, you know, find their success and so many founders that we, founders and, and game developers that we um, interview on the show, there's just so many projects that don't make it. And, and that can be a difficult thing to, to face. Um, um, and again, like games, games are not just games as well. They're, they're businesses. Like you have to find a way to monetize it. You have to find a way to sustain yourself across that development. So um, yeah, I just cannot imagine the, the amount of pressure, you know, having been a founder before, like the amount of pressure that is is on you know is on you and, and on your founders um when you're trying to make something and you're trying to get it out there and especially when that in most cases is the only source of uh income it's it's incredibly hard and it's incredibly stressful and uh you know things can happen and and the pressure can sometimes get to you so i think it's just yeah i think it's just like what can we take away from it as developers and you know, what can we do, um, yeah, to, to try to learn from it. And I feel like it also calls back to that argument about how much do we owe, like how much do developers own and how much do we owe to players? Like when there's a Kickstarter or when there's players putting funds in, we, like, what do we owe? Do you owe that full build? Do you owe what you've promised? Is there like that, does that buy-in give you entitlement to expect more? Is that why people are maybe more upset than when other things are canceled? Are they like, there's this whole element there mm. and, and that the kind of that fear of like, you know, getting doxxed and, and all of that, like, do you really want to be successful because this is what can happen? And it's, it, there's a lot of to worry about here, like <laughs> for developers, mm. I think especially when you're crowdsourcing you're exactly right you you don't just have say you know one or two or three investors um who kind of just look at it from a pure business standpoint it's like game developers are very vocal or you know even gamers uh people who play video games can be very vocal um and and when you've got i don't know a thousand people or whatever uh donating to a cause like that like 
they're going to be vocal and 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 you're right it's like what expectations do you have um as a as a developer to um to deliver on that and it's yeah it can be a lot of pressure i feel yeah um with this time reach refugees because i haven't seen that has there been any anyone reaching out to the like how one i don't know how big the titan reach team was i'm guessing there was a good few people working on it has there been any reach out to try and get them like another job or something like that uh not that i've seen um i think people there were very much focused on you know what went wrong and how do we get the person? Yeah, because <laughs> um, this one thing I've I've seen on social media is, um, and uh, you know, the ethics of this of this part is you know up for debate. Um, there's a few companies um, uh, capitalizing that this yeah, hasn't worked. I saw that too. Yeah, and they Which openly is admit. Real sad. Yeah, they're going. I don't like to capitalize, but which is on par yeah. with I don't want to say this, but I'm gonna say yeah. it, and that's gonna absorb. Yeah, I, know, I saw that. Well, I actually had uh, one of those companies, who, so they were making another MMO. I don't know how big this company is, but they're making another MMO, and so they were one of the ones posting stuff like, "Oh, sorry to everyone who had invested in this MMO, but if you want something like that, then come play ours." Um, they were part of that Titan Reach Refugees Discord. Mm. I joined. Um, I didn't say anything, but they direct messaged me um, and basically tried to get me to play their game, which mm. means they must have messaged like everyone on that Discord server, yeah. which is and see, filthy. That's, and that's when it and that's <laughs> when it disgusting. becomes like, what's the motivation behind those Discord servers? Is it to you know communicate between the community and kind of um, and find closure or whatever, or is it kind of yeah? Is it just a way to hate on? on what happened and is it a way for these companies to, uh, you know, profit off of the demise? Well, I mean, that's it. I, it was a mixture of all of that. Um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, because they closed down the official Discord server and Reddit, it meant that official monitored, uh, moderated forum was gone. So basically, people had to make their own unofficial and, you know, the people who are passionate enough to do mm. that are the people who are probably the angriest and yeah. I can tell you the, the moderation in there was very lacking because um, yeah good yeah. discord has the rules don't solicit its users you know like mm. don't send messages to don't promote don't you know for that reason it doesn't it feels it feels like that but I think I think that's systemic of a lot of um, creative projects is there's a bit of um uh, and you know all this is sounding like we're taking the side and, and it's not it's not that at all like because you know we, we're just like you we don't have the information we have information that's available to everyone else um, it's just dissecting everything that's happening and one of the things that has happened is that people have started you know capitalizing on this and um, I think it's systemic of a lot of creative arts to invest something and, and more than creative but to invest time into something and then see someone else go far you know there's going to be some some jealousy and stuff like that so there's going to be a bit of um what's that german word shout shout and proud <laughs> you like take pleasure oh, yes. they got a word Man for of culture it. yeah you know i knew exactly what the word was i just yeah no i know like, what you're talking about uh, you know i think it's this uh 
perfectly pronounced word now. Um, <laughs> they have a word for it, you know, taking pleasure in someone else's um, demise. misfortune. Yeah, in their demise. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying this is that because, again, mm. I don't have information, but there's a way things look, you know. Like, yeah. well, I've, 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 I've run social medias on a video game before and I've done social medias for companies and stuff. And there's definitely, you have to have that thought of how does what I'm posting look? And even if... and given the fact that no one really has a proper answer yet at the moment, it's not right to just start. And that's why I asked, did anyone reach out to developers for employment or they've gone straight to, oh, sorry, players, you missed out. Here's an alternate. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what I can say is that uh, some things we do know, and yeah, unfortunately, I haven't seen any of the kind of reaching out to developments. Hopefully that's happening behind closed doors. Um, or at least people are aware of it. I haven't heard from any of the active developers on it, on any of the discords. Uh, I haven't been on them recently. Um, I did see one of the ex co-founders on there very briefly, kind of just saying a few key things from their side about how they kind of, like when they left the company and how it was like before a lot of the stuff. And, um, you know, um, there, I mean, even with the confusion, some things that seem consistent are that, Unfortunately, the identity of the investor did get revealed, um, but also there seems to be unanimous opinion that the investor did not cut the funding for no good reason, or if there was, you know, this is what I've read. So um, everyone seems to like the investor, think they're in the right. Um, mm. I haven't seen anything bad against any of the developers like working on the game either. So there hasn't been any real uh, backstabbing or anything like that you know um, there were some internal staff that supposedly you know also performed some weird scams and stuff like that but you know hopefully I gotta, I gotta be careful what I say here hopefully we see some kind of like you know maybe the community picks it up and, and continues it in some way because it was a good project from what I from what I saw it was um, quite you know nostalgic for people that played RuneScape back in the day um wonder how much cool of it was it. done, like how far along it was. There was a playable alpha beta uh, out for a while, uh, which I think got released, uh, I don't know the date, but maybe last year or the year before. Um, and yeah, people were playing it, running around in an environment with other people. Like there was, there was some basis of it there, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and there was genuine excitement. Like, uh, yeah, you said before, John, when they started... Um, you know, to them reaching out to the AGD Discord saying we've got jobs in Adelaide, you know, artist jobs and all this stuff like that. It was a sure thing. Like, I think everyone was always a bit like, um, I think, you know, we've had people on before who have been like, I don't know how they're going to pull this off. This is a big project. And then, you know, talking to friends <laughs> the, the, that, you know, I didn't know this was an, a thing that people say, but apparently it's a thing for game developers to, I guess it's true because I wanted to do it. When you start, you're like, yeah, I'm going to create my own RPG, my big MMORPG. And like, yeah. that is yeah. like the most impossible game to just make. Like <laughs> there's memes of that stuff, you know? Yeah. And it, and it sounds like the scope of this game actually got a lot bigger as well with each round of funding they got. Hmm. So, I mean, hmm. I think the investment, the latest investment they got was essentially it was promised two years of development they said originally i think it was for 50 developers or something um and you know there was talk about offices that i mean it was from adelaide but it was like 
opening, you know, down south. Um, and, you know, all the details like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, one of the things that came up was that uh, even though I think originally it said it was fully funded, uh, later on it was clarified that it was promised of full funding, but it was actually month-to-month -month funding. So uh, just, I guess, to uh, limit, limit the liability of the investor there and, you know, it's crazy. I wonder, it would be interesting to see how companies that crowdsource um, funding for their game, sort of what the scope and, and timeline is versus uh, versus other, like, you know, studios. Because I always find that, like, these uh, companies that, um, you know, have that, uh, you know, these companies that do uh, GoFundMe and, and not GoFundMe but like Kickstarters and that kind of stuff they always have these insane like features and it's just like every time yeah. they beat the goal they're like and then we're going to put in 12 more levels and then we're going to put yes. you know what I mean and it, it's like they start they have to they almost over promise because they need that kind of stretch goal funding as they keep going so like I wonder yeah. how that scope is or maybe it's just a lack of experience from develop I don't really know what it is but it would be interesting to see a breakdown of that versus companies that kind of already have a bit of a flow going and already have released a couple of games and kind of say, here's what the game is, you know. Yeah, and definitely. It is what it is. Definitely. And I think, I mean, Kickstarter is one of those places we constantly hear horror stories from. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely been like good successful projects. Um, I know Undertale was there and uh, I think Toby Fox put up like the playable demo at the start of the Kickstarter and basically said, this is what it's going to be and you know here's my he did like a pretty good outline of his timeline possibly easier being one person you know yourself better and you can kind of manage yourself hopefully better um but yeah definitely there's a lot of you know there was a a game that i was looking forward to that it had the story writer from final fantasy 12 and i think it was going to have the the composer from final fantasy 12 on it as well um now this is a story writer just oh, for backstory who was yeah. who was uh on Final Fantasy XII, wrote the core of it and then had to leave for like, um, I don't know if it was mental health issues or something like that. Um, but, you know, is lauded as this great um, kind of writer of political stories. So I was super excited about this Kickstarter they had joined on and yeah, that went nowhere. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, like it kept going, but suddenly they weren't mentioning that person's name anymore, the story <laughs> writer. And it was like, they're no longer, I don't know if they left the project, but suddenly they're not part of it. So, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot another, of weirdness. There was another one that I had followed, um, which was like a kind of a RPG, uh, 2D RPG for a bunch of consoles. And back when they kickstarted it, it was for the Ouya, which was back in <laughs> 2013, I reckon. It was around then. It was called, I think it was called Elysian Shadows. Um, and they had a Dreamcast oh, yeah. game as well. So a lot of people who were into Dreamcast kickstarted it. And that still hasn't come out there's all these allegations of the developer you know being uh being a bit strange um and doing different things and you know you still see some forum posts out there saying like what happened to it like what where did the developers go and just and they keep saying yeah we're working on it but it's just coming later and it's been like yeah almost yeah. 10 years i know i i also had uh, one of my favorite musicians actually did a kickstarter after they they already had about 20 years successfully in the industry but they decided to go do a kickstarter and i signed on to that and gave them a couple hundred bucks because you know part of the promise was like a two-hour skype session 
Skype back then um, and like all these other things. And the project slowly fell apart. It did actually, it did actually happen. Um, but like a lot of the stretch goals and kind of gifts and that Skype session never happened as far as I know. Um, and, you know, there were people in the comments talking about legal action and all that kind of thing. Um, and it was only later that on Twitter, I saw the musician make just one tweet where they alluded to the fact that um, basically they were bullied or pressured by the distribution company and various other uh, investors and stuff into doing things a certain way and I think they were also someone who's not the best at kind of PR. So again, this was a case of not communicating effectively with your audience and you know, if there's delays and things like that, I mean, you have to explain it. Yeah. If if you've messed up in some way, like it is never better to hide that. Mm. <laughs> Maybe you have to be careful with how you reveal it but I mean... Yeah, because yeah. then you got the chance of being yeah. doxxed for that too, right? Or people hating mm. on you for that. Like we know that yeah. there's a lot of toxicity in our community, but yeah, you know, you kind of. I feel like in a way, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? If the product's not exactly yeah. what you promised, like, if, and you delay <laughs> yeah. it, people are going to be angry. If you release it not exactly like that, people are going to be angry. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Actually, that's right though but like if i feel like okay maybe i'm being idealistic here but i feel like all right even if you screw up but you you are honest about that and yes you know you might lose the studio you will lose some street cred um you may even get into some legal trouble but you know that to some extent will pass and i think people will go all right, look, they're human. They've made these mistakes. They're obviously learning from it. That's the big mm. thing is they're learning from it. But when, when you hide it or lie about it and then it comes out, um, that's, that's never worse. forgotten. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> that's right. And people can never trust you again for that. That's the problem. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely when it's, when it's announced, who did the announcing, like, and... And the, and the first messaging that was adopted as well, I see that as well with, with a lot of creative projects. So like, you know, if you are honest, like you're saying, and you're lucky that the first people to react to that are ones where they say, all right, everyone, let's not pile on this. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. remember there's people involved at the end of the day. Then I feel like they're the lucky ones because they, that set the narrative from there because then that makes the next people who come in line go, yeah, right, that. And then it's kind of snowball effects. And then when someone goes, this isn't what I was promised or something like that, everyone's like, come on, man, like just yeah. calm down, you know, like. Yeah. I um, I do have some interesting statistics actually that I want to share if we have some time. Yeah, but sure. um, I, I found this from uh, an author called Thomas from ICO, which is a video games agency specializing in self-publishing. Uh, specifically looking at Kickstarter, actually, so video game projects uh, on Kickstarter and um, just kind of looking at the number of funded projects in 2021. So they've been doing this since 2009. Um, so number of projects in 2021, the money raised uh, and the different kinds of the tiers of, there's actually a, bre- a really good breakdown that I'll, I'll leave in the description, but um, number of funded projects and the kind of breakdown as to how much they're asking for. Um, and it was interesting. One of the biggest takeaways from the trend in 2021 is the total number of projects raising between 100,000 and 500,000. So it was 51 projects beating the previous record year in 2014. So this is the tier raising the most money in 2021 with fewer projects in the 500,000 plus tier than in 2020. So there's actually 
yeah, so many projects that still get funded. About 441 projects in 2021 got funded, but it was, again, those lower mid-tier projects. Because mm. um, when you look at it from a from a perspective of uh, the money raised over time, it's like $24 million raised in 2021 for video games. And the biggest year, I think, was 2013, $56 million. So it seems like when kind of Kickstarter came about, there was a huge explosion of, um, of funding. Uh, mm. 56 million and then dropped all the way down to 27 in 2014. And then it went all the way back up to 46 in 2015. But yeah, the interesting part being how many of those sort of mid-tier projects um, were, were funded. And that was kind of um, Titan Reach in that, that kind of mid-tier um, mm. project. Uh, but yeah. Does really it say if that was like if it out, does it outline all the years? Like I was, I'm wondering it if does. there's a. I'll, up, I'll send you a link actually. Is there an uptick in 2020? There was an uptick in 2020. Yes, because um, mm. that's been the thing of uh, people with lockdown and then having you know government subsidies and stuff like that. There's a lot more. There's a lot of people even investing. Yep. Um, during that time, they had so a bit more disposable. It income. looks like it went from 19 million in 2019 to 26 million in 2020. Which is an interesting one. Um, and it says here that sort of 2022 will be a key year though. Um, and there was also actually a pretty uh, big growth for tabletop games as well. Yeah, look at that. Which is interesting because uh, you can't play tabletop games in COVID, in uh, lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> tabletop simulator, Roll20, yeah. Foundry. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. play way more tabletop games yeah. now than I did before because of all those things. Really? And yeah. And uh, in in 2022, it says here that there was an it says it says 2022 will be a tough uh, key year though. Um, Kickstarter's announcement that it is developing a protocol on the blockchain has met by has been met by serious pushback from creators and backers alike. With the game ecosystem being very vocal about their discontent, which we've spoken about on the podcast. Um, and again, this is happening. Uh, right now as GameFound is working towards opening their platform beyond the few curated projects it has launched so far. So I think GameFound is actually a um, crowdfunding project, uh, a crowdfunding platform as well, which I'm not sure if that's on. I think that's that's largely tabletop games actually. So it pretty, I'm guessing it's a pretty oh, wow. successful um, tabletop project. Uh, platform for crowdfunding at a at a friend of mine um raise for a successful tabletop kickstarter i think i think it was on kickstarter he did it and he, he gave me a pretty funny piece of advice um you told me this didn't you i think i would have yeah <laughs> so um now i don't know if they put in a fake request or if it um, was a genuine request, the way it was worded was you can put in a request. So I think it, whatever platform it is, there's a category called staff picks. And basically he was like, if you happen to, you know, something goes wrong on your platform and you need assistance, you, you know, log a ticket or whatever. Like you say, I need help. So staff get eyes on your game. Oh, wow. And then they go, oh, this actually looks pretty cool. I'm going to add it to my staff picks. And oh, I haven't like, had time to pick anything else because I've been busy it, so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't know how much that contributed to him succeeding. Um, uh, but it's that's crazy. gone on to then do another one and they've done other stuff. And it is just a hugely popular um, game. So they would have done it without it. But I thought that was a pretty funny tip. <laughs> 
I thought you were going to say that they were posing as like people in the comments saying, hey, can you add this to the game? But they had already like planned to add it or something. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> and then they like comment, yeah, sure, we'll put that in. Yeah, yeah. You've seen that with YouTubers and stuff, like fake comments yeah. um, in their videos. Like, you know, you know, those like shorts where they're like daring each other to do something. And it's clearly them that wrote it. Yeah. I love it when you see they accidentally forget to log out of their main account or whatever. <laughs> you see them responding to themselves. I'm like, oh, wow, cool vid. <laughs> Self five. Self five. Yeah, but yeah, everyone do your, do, do your own research on this. Make up your own mind on it. Um, remember that there's devs at this at the end of the day and there's players who've been let down. Um, and yeah, if anything comes up, we'll we'll talk about it. But yeah, no. And uh, even as a as a person who wants, if you're looking to kickstart something, always be, you know, wary that you know you're kickstarting a project that might not make it to release as well. Um, so you know, do your research as well. And when you're a developer looking to crowdsource, which is still a really good avenue to to um, fund your game, always just kind of. Think of it from how you would want to be communi- communicated with, um, and and you know, uh, being on the other on the other side of that. So just keep that in mind. Hundred percent. Mm. Let's t- change the pace a bit. Let's go a bit more upbeat. So a few weeks ago, um, with Susanna's help, we had the um, Global Game Jam held in Adelaide, um, and it was done online. I think we had about 12 games, 13 games made for it. Um, so we thought it would be awesome to have everyone everyone in the cafe play a game, um, share the screen, Who's get the TV installed. We're we using. Hey, in this quick question. <laughs> did, we, did we end up getting those T-shirts? Did we get 100 people in? <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't come close. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her out and I'm gonna say, yeah, Amelia, you you picked a high number on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't gonna happen. Can we just get one T-shirt between all of us, please? Yeah, it's just one of those super large T-shirts. I'll be be the left arm, you can be the right. (laughs) Costa can be the head, and Alex can be the butt part. (laughs) (laughs) That is my life purpose. Yeah, make it happen, Amelia. You owe us. That's all they wanted was a shirt. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we've got some games lined up to to play through. Some Adelaide made games. Um, I'll put my money where the mouth is, and I'll go with the first one, which is, I think your game, John. Actually, you worked on this Chrono Mage. Oh, we're gonna yes, have one so of the developers on a project uh, with Sean, Patrick, Mark, and Dan Freer. Um, only Dan gets the last name. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is yeah it was a really good team actually um, fortunate to be included on that one because we kind of had different people in different specialist roles and uh, we just for some backstory we had a kind of a meeting I think it was the night before our, the game jam started and just video chat to go over alright what what kind of thing did we want to do scope it out to try and keep it within uh, scope and you know as all game jams go we did not make that but <laughs> we came out with something so uh, now Alex I don't know what you're about to play is this the one from the game jam website or is this the updated one on the itch.io page I can kind of hear you um, I put the game up and it like nearly blew my eardrums out and 
There oh, that's go. my epic audio. I'm not <laughs> apologizing. <laughs> it is good audio. It's good audio. Um, yeah, so one of the developers did reach out and say that it's important that, um, and I think this counts with all the games. He raised a very good point, is to play the, if you find the game through the Game Jam website, try and find it on itch because you can't patch the Game Jam games. Um, you can only yeah. patch them on itch. So I hope I've downloaded the latest one. I have a feeling I haven't even, well, I've downloaded the one that's available on itch, but the changes that this developer showed me on their phone aren't reflected on this, <laughs> but okay. it, it's, it's still really great. So, well, that's you know. right. Well, pl play this one and look, if there are more updates, they can put it on the itch build. That's it. Uh, All right. Down let's, the track. So. let's get this TV installed. How do I do this? We're going to. Beam it straight into everyone's brains. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, echo, echo, Whoa. echo, echo. Um, <laughs> all right, have you guys seen that? Yep. All right, so yeah, is, there, is there an audio option? Oh, you can't hear it, can you? Can't hear it. Yeah, no, which just sucks. I can, I can sing the music if you want. We're up to <laughs> the <laughs> So this... Yeah, I'm sorry, John. This is the part you worked on is the music and I don't know if it carries across no, in stream. Good. People can play it themselves if they want to listen to it. It's Look great at Dan music. Free is amazing art. Yeah, this artwork it's is really amazing. pretty art. I love this sprite. It's so cute. So, so this is Dan who worked on uh, Right. 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 Yep. Yeah, it's an award-winning game. In the past. So this game, it's similar to the mechanic... Oh, it's worth mentioning the theme for this game jam. Oop. So I believe there is a there was a health feature added and it's not so um uh Dark Souls esque. We have to start all over, so you know, <laughs> expect that. Yep. Um so for those listening, I'm sorry. Um what you're looking at is a pixel art um dungeon game where basically I'm moving about as a little hooded figure and there's this totem in the middle shooting, but only when I move. If I don't move the world is just frozen. Um, sorry, the theme for the game jam was duality. So it looks like this team has done duality of, uh, from what they, I think they said past and f future. Um, or for time. For so, time. Uh, Alex, see there it says uh, A or space to toggle time flow. So if ah, you press that. Yeah. So that's reversing time. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, unfortunately, I'm the only, we're the only developer that has someone on the show to explain it. Um, but yeah, so basically, as you move forwards, time moves forwards and the, the projectiles will move forwards. And then if you switch to backwards, uh, then they will start moving backwards. So you end up having to kind of navigate forwards and backwards through time as you move to try and get the projectiles to hit those crystals. Which um, destroy the crystals that unlocks the portal to the next level. It's a really great mechanic. It's similar of um, like super hot. Yeah, and VR. Braid. Braid too. Yeah. And Braid. Yeah. Yeah, both, both of those. You know, uh, talking about inspirations uh, in the original meeting, uh, we we're looking at super hot was one of them. And I think it was Pat brought up uh, this oh, golf game. Fudge. I can't remember if it was like crazy golf or something like that. But it was like a, this, ga this golf game where there's a level which is like a super hot style level. And that was like one of the key kind of inspirations <laughs> for us. Was the um, was the, the hitboxes? Um, yeah. What was the motivation behind? Was there any like the having this kind of fixed perspective of seeing the entire level at once, like no scrolling or anything? Was that just a was that like a thing to do with 
like the time that you had or was it just this was how you felt or again not maybe not yourself but in the team how you felt that you got to that decision yeah so originally um the idea was for it to be a tower um and each level is a single screen yeah um now you know if we had time we were originally planning on doing each level was like a slightly different theme or assortment and like the music was going to be a slightly different arrangement and so you kind of had these like modular levels mm. and that could be you know done in a random order or stuff like that um, so, part of it as well yeah. was it was originally <laughs> i think we were looking at putting it on the samsung flip phones that just <laughs> came out because uh both pat and sean had just got them and they're like yeah we need to make a game for this <laughs> so um, you, you might remember me a few episodes back ranting about how we came up with that idea before the duality theme was announced <laughs> and how the flip phone lends itself to that but um, yeah it's brutal if you yeah if you get hit once you got to go all the way back to the beginning which yeah has been patched out I've been told but this is all that was available as of recording um, but John yeah they can't hear the music so what was your inspiration with the music? Is it first, is there yeah. so, somewhere else besides the game that can hear the music? Um, or do they um, have to get the I game? I haven't uploaded it yet, but I probably will upload it to my YouTube. Actually, I might do it in the next few days. It's real. To this. It's re- um, it just sounds like a temple, so, even just hearing it. So. Oh, cheers, man. Yeah, so I definitely wanted to go for the Super Nintendo style soundtrack. Um, for musicians out there, I was using the software uh, Super Audio Cart, which is basically where... <laughs> Uh, the OC Remix guys have, because uh, they legally couldn't just use the sounds from the Super Nintendo. What they did was they took a Super Nintendo, made their own sounds that were exactly the same, played it through the Super Nintendo, and then recorded them. So technically, it wasn't stealing the recordings, but it sounds exactly <laughs> like it was. So oh um, wow. yeah, so pretty authentic sounds there. And um, oh. I, I tried to do music that kind of built up so it could loop and have a few different sections um but one of the big things was we were playing with different ways of reversing the music as you go into backwards time and uh, one of the original issues we had was if you just switch and play the whole song backwards the whole track backwards you would keep going back to the start of the track essentially and never hear the middle so then i ended up having to chop it up into one to four bar segments and then reversing each of those segments so that way you keep the rough same position in the track when you flip backwards wow. and then um have you yeah that's how you get a slight reverse sound is that something you you'd done before or you, this is something you like had to figure out uh it was so that that second idea that we ended up going with was actually sean's idea mm. um and i'm pretty sure at first i was like no and then it ended up being the best idea. So <laughs> um, it worked quite well. So it's quite subtle. So you may not notice it. Um, and I don't actually know if it's implemented on all levels as well. So it was definitely on the first level. Um, but yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, limited time, we're trying to work out how to get the audio to kind of behave as we want with this, with the Unity inbuilt engine. Um, and we found, you know, we tried all sorts of things such as uh, pitch shifting. But then that would change the speed of it and it would make it sound like a record going faster and slower, which is kind of like cool in theory, but actually sounds really obnoxious. <laughs> so, uh, and that's one of the things with audio is that you can get real tricky with it, but at the end of the day, it has to sound good. So, 
it does sound nostalgic like i could hear this being in like a like the music it just makes me think of like when they play the music during the games on quick marathons between games like i could picture chrono mage 2022 soundtrack and uh, what what um what soundtracks inspired you from that era john well, I think both uh, Dan with the art and myself were very much inspired by Legend of Zelda, um, kind of the Super Nintendo games, even though I hadn't really played it. But um, <laughs> you, you know what probably inspired me the most is at my work, I've been listening to a lot of the one hour PlayStation 1 relaxing music YouTube yeah, <laughs> soundtracks. Yeah, I love that. I love um, those ones. Even the Nintendo 64 yeah. ones. It's like, yeah. the thing that, yeah, I think the video is like, you're in a, you're in a cozy room and you're playing Nintendo 64 or something like that. Yeah. Is it just yeah, yeah, yeah. soundtracks from all different games or is it yeah. like loading yeah. screens? What's the... It's like no, really it's like melody. a selection. I mean, there's different ones, cool. but there's usually a selection from different games. Um, and they, I mean, there's one in particular, um, I'll have to find the link to it um, and share it, but it's, it's like an hour and it's a good mixture from, you know, your classic JRPGs and then uh, you've got racing games like Ridge Racer. Uh, you've got... Um, Resident Evil, the save room theme, which I've now listened to like every single save room theme from every single version of that game because it's so ambient and beautiful. Uh, but like, I think one thing I really enjoy about that style of music, and let me say, I'm also someone that didn't grow up playing PlayStation, but I actually really like the PlayStation one, is they, they use, it's like real sounds, but very obviously sampled, mm. recorded at low quality. Um, or the synthesizers that are trying to recreate the sound of like a choir. And so you get this kind of like half artificial mm -hmm. sound, um, which maybe it's just nostalgia for me, but I actually really enjoy the sound of it. it and I think yeah. listening to those um, soundtracks is just, yeah, special quality about them. I'm sorry, I figured out the exploit to this game. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what's the exploit? I don't know if I tell you guys or if it should only be for the listeners, but if you're watching me play, you'll see that I figured out how to... Um, Watch me die, like, right now. But I figured out the exploit. Um, to I'll, run against I'll, the wall? Is that what it is? No. But I'll, maybe I'll tell you guys off, off things so, I don't, <laughs> so people still play it and they have to figure it out. Costa, that, that is one of the exploits. Yeah, because <laughs> I noticed you were doing that, Alex, yeah. like, to, to speed the time. You, you were, like, running up against the wall. Yeah, well, if you're watching now, I'm doing it now, right? So, hang on. <laughs> you seeing this? Yeah, what? Uh, you seen what I figured it out? Back all the way so they go... <laughs> There you go, master of time. <laughs> so get but what is the real cost, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not cheating. It was built into the game. I'm using the game's mechanics against themselves. Yeah, that's the thing. This is, this is like something that the, the designer didn't intend to happen, but Alex has just found it. But after playing, like, this is why yeah. playtesting is so important. Mm -hmm. I guess I guess what you would do is, yeah, exactly, playtesting. And, and it's a game jam. I think what you would do then is have a an overtime sort of thing. So if yeah. you've gone all the way back to zero, not have them stop shooting, you'd have to mm. kind of, I don't know what, what you do then. Like what's, what's the, like right now, what's the punishment for me to just be looped back all the way back in time and where I can, I got my free run of the place. Mm. It should Boredom reverse Alex, again. <laughs> Sorry, what Susanna? It should back. just reverse yeah. again. Yeah. Like because then it's like, you, you know, yeah. if you imagine that in real life, it would have just kept shooting. So it's doing yeah. the opposite in reverse. That's a good point, yeah. But, yeah, yeah well, now. look, I can say um, we were very much aware of this. I found this. Oh, really? I think one of the other guys also found this while playtesting. But um, as you said, 48 hours. Yeah, no, um, that's, 
And it's about getting your proto, getting yeah. Getting as yeah, much content right. into the game. And you guys um, have done so well. Like, it's, yeah, it's oh, just crazy. Been. You can get something like this out in, in 48 hours. Like yeah. you've got a concept fully fleshed out. You know, I mean, there's obviously things you've got to work out, but you got the look and feel down. You've got the mechanics. Yeah, it's really cool. Great work. Mm. Well, yeah, everyone, cheers. Chrono Mage, that's the game. Get on it. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, uh, you know, there's more patches, I believe, coming. Let's Forget the exploit. Yeah, you didn't see it. You didn't hear it. Maybe we'll take that out of the clip. But yeah, <laughs> that, good stuff. All right. Who's up next? I can go next if you like. Kill. Cool. Yeah, let's go. Right. What are we playing? I am playing Shrink Me. Shrink Me. Which I will bring up a share for. Again, this one had... Did uh, Chris Larkin do the music on this one? Yeah, he did. So uh, for our listeners, you may hear Chris Larkin sometime soon on Booleans. <coughs> anyway. <the> <laughs> You're and I can't really right hear now. I can't really hear you a lot. <laughs> but um the music is it's right. It's really atmospheric and kind of has this dark kind of feel to it. This is so cool. I love So what Sorry, I was just saying what's happening for, for people listening is we've got we have a screen that's split in the middle horizontally, um and you've got two heads, uh one upside down one the right way up and they're both running along it looks like they're in two different worlds and there's sharp pencils coming from right to left and you're walking from left to right and it looks like Susanna has control over which head to shrink if she shrinks one head the other head gets bigger and you're shrinking the head to avoid these pencils flying at you let me read the uh, description actually Alex yeah Um, so the description is two happy little people share the same mass if one wants to shrink, then the other must get bigger. And everything forever remains in equilibrium as they trottle the skippity skip through their colourful world. But things aren't as peaceful as they appear to be. Danger looms. Sharp pencils regularly attack them, trying to upset the balance. In this two-player game, you must collaborate to avoid getting stabbed by the pencils. Quick, shrink your partner so they can duck under the obstacle or jump over it. Ask them to shrink you too or you will die. Eat yummy food on the way if you want, but maybe beware of the toxic mushroom (laughs) and the chili. Player one presses E to grow bigger and shrink your partner. Um, uh, Press X to jump. Player two uh, press forward slash to grow bigger and shrink your partner and press uh, full stop to jump. So it's actually a two-player game that you can... I love that it's a two-player game. Add another kind of... So you're using both uh, both ends of your keyboard. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, so I know you're, you're, you're back. The, I don't know how bad your game over was, but it's disabled your camera now. I thought you got replaced by Glados. All right, there we go. Yeah, what were you saying, Susanna? Um, I love that it's two-player. I think that's awesome. That's a, a really cool mm. take on the... Yeah. Oh. So another interesting yeah. thing about this it's game awesome. prototype is that you cannot exit it. You must end task. (laughs) We've seen that with a lot of the games, actually. You just alt F4. (laughs) They should uh, (laughs) make that like a prerequisite for any upload, that you have to have a way of exiting. (laughs) Um, So I love the idea of it being two-player. So I was using um, Z and X to control one side and uh, the jump and the the bigger, and then um, 
you know, uh, forward slash and full stop for the other one. So that's what makes it two player. But I, lo I love the idea. I think it would be amazing if you could have it remote. So you were mm. playing it maybe oh, like yeah. over Discord or over the phone or something and talking to each other about, hey, no, no, you do it quick. Like, like just that kind of collaboration aspect would be so cool. And it would work so well for something like this. It's great. Yeah, yeah it, absolutely. Says, it says here the uh, technology notes. So they use Procreate, Photoshop, Cubase and Audacity. Uh, and the credits are Chris Larkin, Nathan Cummins and Camille Rulier. Sorry if I put yeah. you there. So I, I got a few notes from Nathan actually because mm. I was asking him just before. Um, he said, yeah, so Nathan was probably the main developer. Chris did sound and audio implementation and backup developer. And Camille, I think he said pronounced Camille. Camille sorry, okay. uh, Camille, Camille, if we've said that wrong. Mm -hmm. um, she did the art. And I remember in a previous conversation hearing that um, I believe Camille is usually a, a physical artist a oh. fine artist so oh, which sorry. probably lends itself to that style of kind of uh, paper like that paper yeah. that i love yeah. that cutout style it reminds me of um sean tan is like a, a children's book oh, artist yes i've seen some of that yeah, yeah. like the, the children's books are like really creepy and kind of a little bit <laughs> off kilter like like amazing uh, and it kind of has and it also kind of like if we're thinking about australian things it has that kind of push me pull you feel like with that yeah accountability for each side in terms of the mechanic. Awesome use of the duality theme, I think, like mm. really cool use of that theme mm. and that design. Yeah, definitely. Um, one, another thing Nathan actually also said was originally they didn't aim for the game to be so dark. It just kind of accidentally <laughs> ended up that way. It was actually originally meant to be uh, super bright in feel and character. <laughs> yeah, he said that at the jam and I was like, well, I'm kind of glad it ended up this way because it's yeah. got like this kind of limbo we feel or something that, that yeah. makes it really cool. Like, just, yeah, it just sticks with you. It's very mm. Follow the art. Yeah. Oh, nice. Awesome. All right, Costa, what do you got? Cool. Well, I was only able to play one game because all the other games were for Windows and I've got a Mac. So um, I will say uh, Chrono Mage had a Mac version on itch. Everyone oh, did it. Oh, I didn't yeah, see no, that. No, that's one. Oh. I played Chrono Mage, so we're good. Look, oh, okay. Windows, Mac, eventually Samsung Flip. <laughs> Choose your platform. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was only, I mean, I was looking at the, um, the Global Game Jam uh, portal. So yeah, I only found uh, Black or White, You Decide, which is a, is a game, I think, built by uh just says here berry i'm not too sure who that is but um i was able to play it on online so i'll just share my screen and go through it um but basically it's yeah real time puzzle and it's inspired by lemmings narrated on oh, cool. duality built in godot as well yeah and um gerard i think sorry if i'm pronouncing your name wrong Gerard, but um built this all themselves like did everything as one a one person team so that's nice. really cool uh let me just see if i can get this going can you see that I, i'll yes. have to share it like we this can. um but yeah let's go press enter start game cool so you basically have to hold down uh the you're, you're using the mouse like your your left click and your right click and you're holding down and you're changing them from from black to white um and in the corner it kind of has the amount that you're so i screwed this level up but basically the amount that you have to get into the portal <laughs> over here um 
So let's start this one again. This reminds me of uh, 2010 on the iPhone 3. I had this weird game and the characters looked exactly like this, but they were orange and you played as an orange. It was kind of like, um, it wasn't like Angry Birds, but it was like this weather mechanic and you had to protect the orange and they all had faces like, the, oh, this is yeah. nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, so you basically have to get all of the different, um, these little circles oh. into the portal. But see, there's these different mechanics. Here. So like, yeah, there's like a jump, jump here. Um, and it only affects the the black the ones yeah. with the yep. color. That's that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. it's got a lemmings feel, doesn't it? Oh, like no, yeah, you gotta yeah, have that's exactly specific, right. Yeah, and there's a bit of like a time aspect to it. It's like because you because you have to kind of hold down um, the right click or the left click. So you, you kind of have a bit of oh, I've screwed that one up. I don't know if that was a bug or. I'm just really bad. I'm just really bad at this game. Okay. No, you look like you're doing good. So, are the characters moving themselves, or are you? They moving the characters? they they move completely on their own, and it's just kind of your whole uh, thing here is to. Oh, I think so. That's a mechanic I didn't know, but the if they interact, I'm guessing if the black collides with the white, it um they kind disintegrate. of disintegrate. Disintegrate. Yeah, which I wasn't sure. So, for people happened. listening, yeah, it's it's let's have a look. A side on oh, platformer. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, your characters are these little balls coming out of a chute. They have a black or white. Um, yeah. And you have to, yeah. Follow, I mean, Costa just explained it. Yeah. I probably just missed the explanation. <laughs> hey, there you go. You've done it. There we go. Cool. Ooh. Oof. Okay. Oop. Nope. It's all right. Nope. Yep. Okay. Ah. Okay. There you go. Nice. But two of them nice. need to be white. Okay. Nice. Quick, quick, quick. Nice. So, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's quite, it's quite stressful with that, uh, you know, what you have to kind of go through and, yeah. you know, the time limitations <laughs> of it and as it's all going because it definitely takes me a few times to go through it um, and, and just like know the level and the landscape as to how everything will trickle down um, uh, before it kind of, you know, I make my decision as to what goes where. So there's a lot mm. of experimentation required, but yeah, really cool. This is a great. Just, gotta yeah. say, we're definitely seeing strong uh, duality themes. Yeah, yeah, this right. is great yeah. use of the theme too. Ugh, I'm, yeah, it's not, definitely not one of those. I'm not. I don't know if you guys <laughs> have ever done the game jams where you like pretty much make a game you want and then tack the theme on right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I could probably keep going and just play this and figure it out, but I'll let uh, John. Play the next There you game. go. If you don't hear from Costa in the next 20 minutes, it's because he's still trying yes. to get past level <laughs> four. But really awesome game. Great work. All right. Who was that okay, again? Okay. Uh, the game I'm playing Barry. is called uh, Mirror Rim, which is Mirror Backwards. Wow. And it's also playing music very loud, um, but very funky 8 bit music. So um, if I don't hear you guys, shout at me. If you uh, if you right check. click the speaker in the in the bottom right, you can open volume mixer, and oh. just that would have been useful for me to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> I, I can hear you talking. I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk around. So How beautiful uh, is John. I'll just quickly describe it first uh, for the people listening. So what we have is this kind of eight bit game platformer where you're stick figures. Um, you're controlling the white one, I believe. Um, I don't think there's a jump button, but you're you're basically the goal is to get to the end uh, to the door at the end of the level. Now you're you're the white one in the black zone, but there is also a black counterpart in the white zone, which moves in the opposite direction as you. So I'm now 
going right to go through the door and my counterparts going left to go through the door. Now, as we'll see in future levels, uh, you then get to these areas with kind of platforming. Oh, there is a jump mm. button. There you go. <laughs> That's good. Um, so it starts off fairly easy where it's kind of explaining the game to you and you you have an exact mirror image and I just died. Uh, you have an exact mirror image of each way. Oh, that's confusing. Uh, this game is challenging. I've got to tell you, um, I played this game probably about 20 minutes or so, maybe half an hour when I first tried it, which is very long for a game jam game. Um, I'll see if I can get past this bit. Very nostalgic feel. Even feels like go. the, um, looks like the animator versus animation stick figures. Do you yeah. remember those, the flash ones? Uh, it does. Alan Becker, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the music stops so I can hear you guys. Oh. Now. <laughs> no, cool. um, but th this is the first level where we see that, you know, the two halves aren't an exact mirror image. So, again, I'm controlling the white one here. Um, what I have to do is think about what I'm pressing down mm. because it's moving the other one as well. So, then, you know, I've just got my the, the black counterpart through the uh, door. So, now I've got to try and get my white guy through. And this is where it gets real tricky. <laughs> there is a beauty to watching someone else play a game. Yeah. It's like anarchy. It's like a movie that hasn't been finished. So you can see I, um, if I just follow the, the bottom guy, then it'll kill the top guy. So I have to, yeah, again. Oh, it's almost like a bit slow. Jump. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's cool, where like one person goes into Ooh. their side and then the other one has to kind of go, oof, look at this. <laughs> so so these, these maps are getting more complicated. Um, right now, it's just a whole bunch of boxes that... I mean, these, these tend to always be kind of designed in a way where it gives you these like dead end points for one character so you can do what you've just done, which mm. is let the, let the character on one side keep running in the corner so the other one can figure it out. And then when they're done, the other one gets out, which is a good saving grass. I noticed that in um, a similar thing in Chrono Mage, like the little cutouts in the wall. So you can kind of like hide in there and run around waiting for like the bullets to disappear. Okay, we have a lock mechanic now. Free your friend. So a character on one side is locked. And uh, I'm guessing on the white side, there was a key somewhere. How do you, oh, oh, I guess you get through the door and that will unlock it. To free your friend. Yeah, I guess you have to go through the thing and then... Yeah, so he's gone through the door on one side. Ah, he went straight oh, into wow. the fire. <laughs> yeah, it's because uh, on that side, the controls are reversed. So they drop down and you have to think about which way you're going to do the reverse. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's real interesting. Really simple um, art style, but very like straight to the point. Like it serves it so well. And the duality theme just so present throughout it. This stuff does that. I imagine that did stuff to your brain just then, John, where like, have you heard of that dude who uh, years ago, he made a bike that if you steered left, it would, it would move right. And then if you oh, moved right, it would move cool. left. And it took him like, I don't know, three days to master it. Or I don't know how I'm making that up. But once he th and then when he switched it back to normal, did he just? Um, it took him like months to relearn. It. I, I don't get making that data, but it took even longer to retrain his brain to go the right way. And they did that the same thing with glasses. So 
This guy wore oh, glasses what? with mirrors. So everything in the world appeared upside down. And he did that for days and had to like, you know, counteract for it. And then he wakes up with him one day and the world seems all right, like the right way around. Like his brain's compensating for it. Then he takes them off Ugh. and it takes even longer to retrain your brain. That's what that reminded wow. me of watching oh, you do that like, stuff. Give yourself brain damage or something. I got to look that up now. When you were saying there's contr- like going left and right, uh, Alex, that, yep. that experiment just reminded me of like when you go on like settings in a in a game, you just invert the controls. Yeah. <laughs> my, my son, he plays inverted all the time. Yeah. And if like you pick up a game after him, you're like, I'm like, what? What is happening? Like I cannot literally do. I don't understand how you can do yeah. that. But I guess some people's brains just work that way around right like yeah so interesting so, so yes it's, i think this thing is true um it's george m stratton and this article is called one's laboratory and inverted glasses experiment um in these experiments he found himself adapting to the new perception of the environment over a few days after inverting the images he, his eyes saw on a regular basis for this he wore a set of upside down goggles glasses inverted images um, he found the sense adapted and similar over three days. I can't see anything about when he went back to normal, but yeah. So after three days of wearing inverted glasses, he could see properly. Wow. wow. Just a couple of things I want to mention about this game, <laughs> um, as well. <laughs> now I can hear you guys. Uh, so that was by, uh, William Newman and Brian Houston. Um, and from my understanding, William Newman did the music on that as well, which is awesome. Very cool stuff. What was the music like? Uh, Tell us, John. What did you hear on the other side? It was very funky 8-bit. Go play it yourself, Alex, and audience. <laughs> Experience it for yourself. Um, but I have to say, like, one, th- one reason I chose this one, uh, this was easily one of my favorites out of the jam. I think they took a, um, a system. They did it. They did it well. They, the pacing is pretty incredible considering it's a 48-hour jam. Um, most games only just get to the point where you have it like barely working but this one actually had good pacing through the levels where it teaches you all the concepts as it steps through Um, and it actually just you know for a stick figure game felt like a polished product Mm. as well so Mm. yeah um, yeah so respect uh, William Newman and Brian Houston good job really uh, really uh, disappointed I didn't see any black and white cookie games for any Seinfeld fans out there (laughs) Look to the cookie. Look to the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Jerry in a bakery. Nah, I'm joking, of course. Um, yeah, really great job, everyone who submitted, participated, showed up, downloaded the games. You're all beautiful. All right, everyone. I think that about does it for today. Actually, I had a question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, You're that kid maybe. in the class. You're yes. that kid in the Costa class. In the back. <laughs> yes, Mr. Costa. Costa, tuck in your shirt. <laughs> um, that beard's too long, mate. <laughs> uh, actually, it was around like... I, I don't know if we've asked this, actually, but if you could do a game jam on something, what would you want to do it on? What, do you mean like, like theme? theme? Topic theme, yeah. What do you think History. would be a cool one? Like We, we just saw so many different examples of duality and it was mm. pretty clear like and cool how people did it in different ways like what topic do you feel uh would be interesting to explore you know what i think would be really cool like a family history game jam right where you make a game that's like a story from your family history that's cool so like That'd it could be, be something happened to you or a grandparent or like some weird thing that's been passed down for 
Yeah. Like my family has this thing where they're all like some great something of ours was like a water diviner, like one of those people Ooh, who had awesome. the sticks and like found where the water was. <laughs> What's oh, a water so divi- that's a real what? thing. I, was, a movie, having, right? I was asking someone about movie? that the other day Russell and they, they were telling yeah. me that wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that well, supposedly. Your grandpa was Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, the great thing about those family history games is you could do something really horrific about your parents or whatever, and, but you can just be like, oh, they don't play games, I'll never know. <laughs> It's <laughs> super personal to you, which is awesome. Mm. Oh man, I, that's a that's a curveball of a question. What? That's a, but that's a really good theme. Um, Maybe it's one we just come to next week, like we can ask the audience as well. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, Chosen theme. I guess while you two, if if you guys think of one, actually we should read out what the poll was. So last last cafe bullions. We ask the community, um, what current games do you hope or see becoming a classic? Um, John, you had one, you Ori in the Blind Forest, which, of course, like, logo alone. How many times have we seen that logo and just mm. the purple artwork? And um, Mark Temby, Marcus from Oz, New World, would love to see them turn this around and appreciate them having Aussie servers. Um, so that's one, New World. Um, I suggested Right by Dan Freer, um, instant classic, the animations of, yeah, the swinging blades, the coins, the, the leaves, like I've never seen an 8-bit game do that, you know, I, to me that will be a, a cla- instant classic. And, and if, if you like Dan Freer's art, go check out his Twitter, there is some crazy stuff there. Yeah, 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 very popular in the um, 8-bit pixel art community. He's doing some really amazing stuff. And uh, Chantel, dark web streamer, um, said her game of choice is RimWorld. But she also said, let me come back to this when she's had some sleep. And she never came back to it, so I hope you woke up. <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, she's in RimWorld now. <laughs> Our community question is, is Chantel okay? Is <laughs> Chantel <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did Please Chantel respond. wake up? I was speaking to her yesterday, so I'm going to assume she did, but okay. I only <laughs> saw it on Discord, so who, yeah. who knows? But um, <laughs> really great one, Costa. Yeah, if you... Community poll. If you could come up with a game jam theme, what's your what's your theme? What's your jam? <laughs> what's your jam? <laughs> what's your jam? <laughs> was that it's a marmalade, a marmalade theme. Was that very game and, uh, What's your jam? Best best one, Susanna, will definitely make be the jam next year. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That was a joke. For if Amelia, if you're listening, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, T-shirt be, if jam you, next year. If you, if you can get a hundred <laughs> themes or a hundred people agreeing on a theme, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll make that the theme. I'm salty. I'm salty. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll see you in another fortnight with some awesome news and we'll see you in a week with a nice, nice chat with a nice local developer. All right. See everyone. See you. Catch you later.
Café Bullions is hosted in Adelaide, South Australia. If you know of anything happening or would like to reach out to us or have a chat, you can find us on Twitter at LiveBullions or by emailing us at hello at LiveBullions.com.